Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts. Join in on a great conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the latest tricks and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso and his co-host. Welcome to the Spotlight. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. And joining me today is my VIP co-host, is the international empowerment speaker, Cynthia Mazzaferro. Cindy is a motivational empowerment speaker, international award winner, and number one best-selling author. She's also an energy, medical, Reiki master, and powerful beyond measure life coach. You can find more about Cindy at CynthiaMazzaferro.com. That's M-A-Z-Z-A-F-E-R-R-O.com. All right. Hello and welcome to the Spotlight, Cindy. Hello, how are you, Tony? I'm wonderful, and I want to thank you once again for being on the Spotlight as my co-host. This is great. I always look forward to your guests. We bring on such fabulous people, and the conversation is always very enticing. Yeah, today's a hot one. I can't wait to get into it. But first, for our Spotlight audience, you are listening to the Spotlight, where we focus on highlighting stars, greats, and game-changers If you're a fit, we want your interview on the Spotlight. We broadcast every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, so please set your calendar to hear from the world's elite. And you can catch every episode of the Spotlight on my mobile app. Just go to TonyDurso.com slash mobile from your Android or iPhone. And once it loads, past episodes of the Spotlight will automatically appear in column one. And column two is my other weekly show highlighting elite entrepreneurs called Revenue Chat. All right. And today, we set the stage for the spotlight to chat with Dave Sanderson, the passenger's passenger. Now, Dave is the president of his firm, Dave Sanderson Enterprises, based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, on January 15, 2009, Dave was the last passenger off the plane that crashed into the Hudson River best known as the Miracle on the Hudson, and he was largely responsible for making sure so many others made it out safely. Dave is a speaker, trainer, and conducts workshops and is a much sought-after podcast celebrity, and he recently released his book titled Moments Matter, in which he discusses how resourcefulness was the key factor in turning a potential tragedy into a miracle. He shares the 12 resources he and others employed that day and how you can use them to grow and thrive in your life. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the Spotlight, Dave. Thank you very much, Tony. Thank you very much, Cindy. Great. Dave, such an honor to meet you, and I truly appreciate you taking the time to join us today on the Spotlight. This is great. I'm excited to be with you. Excited to be on the show today. Great. Dave, we're really looking forward to learning more about you and your amazing story of being the passenger's passenger. But first things first, Can you tell us a little bit more about you and your journey before this event? Well, thank you very, very much, Tony. I really appreciate the opportunity to share that because I was just an ordinary person. I was a sale in sales and sales management for 30 plus years before all this happened. I was also the head of security for a gentleman by the name of Tony Robbins. So I had the opportunity to travel with Tony and learn and absorb everything that Tony taught. So I was uh, pretty much just trying to do what, what you do is trying to improve myself and be be a good salesperson, be a good father, be a good you know contributor. 
But when this happened, everything in my life started changing and gave me a whole different perspective on where I needed to head. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. Very interesting. And I've had the pleasure of interviewing Mitch Russo, who is the former president of Tony Robinson's corporation. And I've learned some great insights on him, and we've covered that in some other shows. So that's very cool. Very, very cool. And I get that very fast because I understand so much more about Tony from hearing some of the inside stories. And maybe later you can regale us with something on that. But we're all sitting here waiting with bated breath, Dave. So let's ask the question. Can you please tell us the story of being the passenger's passenger? I, I can't wait. Well, well, thank you very much. And like I mentioned, I, I was just, I did exactly what I did pretty much every single time I flew. I went back to my seat. I was in seat 15A. I actually gave up a first class seat at the five o'clock flight to get on an earlier flight because our day got done early in New York. Uh, what we were doing in the distribution center, basically the distribution system checks in my job as a salesperson. So nothing extraordinary about the day, 11 degrees and snowing, but it was about 60 seconds after we took off is when I heard an explosion on the plane. And, and it was a loud explosion. I had never heard anything like that on a plane before. So uh, I it got my attention. So I, I was in seat 15A, so I had a window seat. So I looked up, I looked out the window, and I saw fire coming out from beneath the left wing. So I knew something had happened, but I flew so often that plane lost an engine. No big deal. It really didn't startle me too much at that moment. But uh, I think that was the moment that everybody sort of realized, uh, you know, what happened on the left side of the plane, also up on the right side of the plane. And no one knew that at that moment because I truly believe if anybody would have really understood what was going on, there could have been a lot of panic on the plane. So if you, if you saw the movie Sully, which I was so honored to have a cameo in, it was pretty accurate. There was, it, no one said a word. It was so quiet you could hear a pin drop. So uh, I think that was one of the saving graces of that day is that everybody thought it happened on the other side, so there's no big deal. But uh, we were very fortunate, as you know, we had a captain who had over 40 years of experience and 20,000 hours of flight time. But more importantly, he was a fighter jet pilot during Vietnam. So we were very fortunate to have him, in addition to having a first officer who had also had 20,000 hours of flight experience. So we had a lot of, I used to tell people, a lot of reps up front. So people who've been through some things, very fortunate. And uh, so he, and he cleared the George Washington Bridge by roughly about four to 500 feet, which means he's at roughly 1,000 plus feet at that point in time. And as he crossed over the George Washington Bridge and I looked out the window, I looked out, I could see people looking up from the bridge straight to us. We could see each other's faces. That's how close we were to hitting the bridge. So he does not get enough credit, I believe, in clearing that bridge and his, his gliding skills. Because so that, that really, I think, was, was what really initially saved the day. But it was about 60 seconds after he crossed over the bridge is when we crashed into the river. And it was a hard hit. Yeah, he estimated, and I've heard a couple of interviews when and I've been with him, he estimates he hit between about 100 and 120 miles an hour on impact. So, he, but he hit, hit impact perfectly. He hit a backside, front side, and then twisted the plane. But as he hit, I went back in my seat and up in my seat. But when I came back up, I opened my eyes and I knew I was alive. I looked out the window and I saw light. So I knew I had a shot, but water was filling the plane pretty quick because if you saw how the plane landed, the bottom of the plane was stripped off and somebody actually did listen to the flight crew, went to that closest exit, which may be behind you, and tried to open up that door and all of a sudden water started coming in from the underneath the plane from the back of the plane. So water was filling pretty quickly. So depending where you were on that plane, I was towards the back of the plane. Water was anywhere from ankle knee to waist deep very quickly. So that, you know, all of a sudden water's coming in 
still people aren't panicking, but I, I use the term controlled chaos when I did my initial interviews on CBS and Fox and, and ABC uh, because it wasn't people losing their heads, Tony, but it was people moving very quickly. But when it was my time to get out of the plane, I, I went to the aisle, but something happened at that moment sort of changed my game plan because initially my game plan, once I realized that I was alive, was get to the aisle, get up and get out because the water was coming in so rapidly. But when I got to the aisle, what happened was I heard my mother who had passed away in 1997 say something in my head, just, just all of a sudden something she told me when I was a child. It was, if you do the right thing, God will take care of you. And the right thing for me at that point was you take care of other people first. See, I grew up playing sports and athletics and Boy Scouts, and I always had a group of guys with me. We always had each other's backs. I was very fortunate to have friends that we always had each other's backs. So I went towards the back of the plane to see if anybody needed help. And there was one elderly lady needed a little help, and we got her going. So I got behind, and so when I started making my way out of the plane, you know, while we water's about waist deep now in the back of the plane, and not only did some of the seats break back, but the bins had broken open, which meant that luggage had flown out. It's dark in the back of the plane because this late afternoon in January, and it was, you know, just got done snowing. And all of a sudden, you know, you couldn't see what you were going. So every time I took a step, I felt something hit my leg. And at that point, you know, I looked down, but I, I couldn't tell whether it was a piece of luggage or somebody's body needed it. But all the further I could get out was 10F on the right side. But when I started to get out the door and get on the wing like everybody else, it was an amazing sight. There was no room on that wing for me, and there's no room on that little lifeboat. So I was actually, that's one of the reasons I was actually in the plane for about seven minutes, waist deep in 36 degree water. And I was holding on to the lifeboat because no one knew at that point, you know, because no one reads the instructions. Who reads that little card they tell you to read? No one does it. The lifeboat's actually tethered to the plane, but they didn't know that. So this, this plane was actually floating down the Hudson River approximately a half a mile in 24 minutes. So that little lifeboat kept floating out into the river, but it was tethered to the plane, but they didn't know that. So they kept going to hold on, hold on. And that's why I held on his little lifeboat waist deep in 36 degree water for about seven minutes uh, inside the plane. Wow. What a story. And then what happened after that, please? This is amazing. I, I can, you're taking us through, I got such a visual on everything that it's really something. It's really something you paint a really good picture on this. Well, well, thank you. It's very still vivid in my mind, and and uh, and you know, I, I live something from it every day. But you know, as I was hanging out the door, holding on to this little lifeboat, I swung around and sort of looked at the wing to see what was going on because there were people standing on the wing, and you know, nobody was moving. And I ran, found out the reason no one was moving that there was a lady on the wing holding on to a three-month-old baby. She actually had two kids on the plane. She had a three-year-old who was already on that lifeboat. And a three-month-old, she was holding on to, and man, she wasn't moving, and no one was moving around her, and no one was walking down the wing. So all the training I, I mentioned is I was with Tony for many years. One of the things Tony teaches is people how to do pattern interrupts and break people's states. And I knew that, so I used that skill, and I, I yelled at her. I yelled, throw the baby, throw the baby. And I knew that when she wasn't going to throw her baby. I don't think that was an option she was going to employ. But what happened was I, I got her attention, and she sort of looked at me like I was a crazy person. But fortunately for all of us, there was a lady on the lifeboat who happened to be a mother of three from Knoxville, Tennessee, that heard me yell at this lady and told her to give me the baby, give me the baby. And all of a sudden, she turns and gives her the baby, jumps on the lifeboat, and you look up, and all of a sudden, you see people walking on a wing. So it was, it was an amazing sight. But I was still on the plane. 
And yeah, I, I tell people, I don't know if anybody's listening. I'm sure some people from New York and New Jersey are listening. But I tell people they get a bad rap, people from New York and New Jersey, because one thing people in New York and New Jersey do really, really well is respond. You know, they've had to unfortunately respond to things before. So they don't sit around and wait for someone to say, now you go here and you go there. They just, they just start going and start figuring things out. And uh, there was a tugboat captain, and I, I got a chance to talk to him a few years ago and hear his story. And he said they put, he told me the story. They put an all call out, all boats go. And he brought his tugboat out. He had a plan. His game plan was he was going to try to bring his tugboat as close as he could to that right wing, throw a rope to that lifeboat, ask them to tie it on, pull the lifeboat over to his tugboat, and clean up that situation, which was a great plan. What he wasn't planning on is people standing on a wing. So as he was trying to pull it across, he got beeped out because the boats were coming in from the, pl- from the plane side. So if you saw the videos from that day or you saw the movie, it was accurate. The boats were coming in from the front of the plane side. So as he, as he got beeped out, he had to back his boat out for that next ferry to come in. And as he was backing his tugboat out to get out of the way, he hit the front of the plane. Now, I tell people it's not that big of a deal of you know, hitting the front of the plane unless you're inside the plane. Oh and my. I was inside the plane because we're waist deep in the water. And when he hit the plane, I tell people, I don't know if you've ever seen a tugboat or been in a tugboat. They're big, heavy boats. And when it hit the plane, it shook the plane. And when it shook the plane, all of a sudden you felt water like sloshing back and forth. And I felt water going up my backside. And the first thing I thought about, Tony, was that movie Titanic. I remember it was like it was yesterday. Because the visualization that I have from that movie is that when that boat tipped up in the movie, it sucked everything down in it. And my thought was, man, don't be sucked down a plane. Chilling, chilling story so far, Dave. Just absolutely chilling. I feel like I was there. This is the Spotlight with Tony Tierso and Cynthia Mazzaferro joining me as co-host. Just ahead, we continue the chat with Dave Sanderson, the passenger's passenger. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. As the spotlight with Tony D'Urso continues to grow with a very large audience, new sponsor opportunities are now available. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with stars, greats, and game changers? Would you like to see your brand on a high-profile show that's downloaded thousands of times each episode? Would you like to see your brand promoted to my extensive social media network reaching millions of impressions? If so, let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me at Tony at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com, and let's see how we can help. That's Tony at TonyDURSO.com. Have you ever checked out In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt? You don't know what you're missing. Clarissa has a great circle of friends and influencers. How do you live a model life? Find out when Clarissa puts her amazing guests and engaging topics under the spotlight. We'll talk with the masters from art, science, food, health, finance, beauty, and business. You really can't miss a single show. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Listening to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now, back to the Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight with international empowerment speaker Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-host. Today's show is with Dave Sanderson, the passenger's passenger. When U.S. Airways Flight 1549, or the Miracle on the Hudson, ditched into the Hudson River on January 15, 2009, Dave Sanderson knew he was exactly where he was supposed to be. The last passenger off the back of the plane on that fateful day, he was largely responsible for the well-being and safety of others, risking his own life in frigid water, 36 degrees Fahrenheit, to help other passengers off the plane. All right. And now back to the chat with Dave. It was, it was an amazing, it was an amazing 24 minutes. You know, when that, when I felt that Tony, it was like, I got to get out of here. I don't want to be stuck down a plane. So I always started to help you. I stopped here. I thank my mom and dad because they hadn't given me swimming lessons from the Red Cross when I was a child. I may never be able to get off that plane. And I think I tell people, I think everybody had that one moment during the situation. You know, I tell people, Captain Sullenberger's moment, is when he had to glide that plane over the George Washington Bridge. My moment is when I had to jump in and swim in 36 degree water through the ice to get to the, the boat, and that's what I did. So I was, uh, you know, and ask an EMT to this day, they don't they cannot explain how I how I did it besides pure adrenaline because I've been in the water, 36 degree water for now seven plus minutes. But I got to that boat, that ferry, and it was at the end of that wing. So wherever along that wing was is how far I had to swim in that water. Um, in addition, not only was it, you know, cold, but you had jet fuel all over the place. So it was a really difficult swim. But when I got there, and if you saw the movie Sully, they, they showed the, the ferries, they showed that one. They had the, the plastic ladders they rolled down from the side. The, a picture I show is, you know, one of the ferries have a metal ladder. That's actually one of the newer ferries. So mine had an orange plastic ladder. So when I got there, the guys on the ferry kept yelling to climb, to climb. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. And then my mom started talking to me again because the word my mom hated most in life was the word can't. See, Tony, if you grew up in our house, you told my mom, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. She said, if you can't do it, you're going to do it. I figured out after she passed away, my mother's worldview was if I can't, I must. I, you know, so I got one arm up. Somebody grabbed it. I got the other arm up. I felt somebody grab it. To this day, I can't tell you who these two guys are, but they pulled me on the ferry, threw me over the side. I slid on the ice in the ferry. You're yelling, get up, get up, get up. And also I got to the side of the ferry. I'm like, man, I made it. I didn't. But that was the moment, Tony. And I, I tell people, I'll give the people a reference because I do a lot of talks for first responders, especially firemen. I love doing fire guys. I mean, they get it. These guys get it. And I tell people, you know, I said, you see these pictures of these firemen, especially in the house fires, they're rushing into that fire. They got everything. But the next thing you see of a fireman out from a fire is they're sitting on the curb with their equipment on their back and they got nothing left. I had nothing left. See, I can't explain to anybody how cold 36-degree water is for an extended amount of time. It just takes everything out of your body, and I could feel anything. 
So I, that was a moment I thought that I really didn't make it. So you know what? Maybe I didn't make it because I couldn't feel anything until somebody with uh, a business guy with his laptop on his back came up with an iPhone and put it in my face and call your wife. And he dialed the phone and that's how I got the message out to my family that I'd been in a plane crash. But that's all I could get out because I couldn't speak anymore because I was so cold. Wow, what a story. Thank you so much for reliving that again for our audience and it, taking us through that. What a story. I am very impressed at the whole thing. Well, that was wonderful hearing your story. And it really brought back the watching it actually happening live. And it was just an amazing, terrific and, and tragedy type of experience. I mean, it was tragedy, but it was also triumph. And I actually had researched you and I was going to talk about and ask you, about your mother's words that you just talked about, if you can't, you must. And um, being a motivational speaker and you, you working with Tony Robbins, we speak the same language. So my question for you is, when did you realize that your inner strength um, really was so important and how you became really an instrument to help others succeed and to thrive and survive? Well, well thank you very, very much. I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, I, I just think it was a mindset. I think you know, that sounds easy, but I, I, I've written some blogs about this, this topic because, I th and that's why I mo named the book Moments Matter. Because I went back through moments in my life that all of a sudden I started realizing all these things started sort of stacking on each other. And I, I recalled one moment and when I wrote this blog, and this, this came out I, I, when I was in Boy Scouts and I was 13 years old. And my, uh, my f I was up for this thing called the Order of the Arrow Award. And it's basically an award from, you know, you're going out and you're camping for two and a half days, but you got to do a lot of, it's like Survivor with camping, and you got to do all these things just to get to the other side. And one of the things that we had to do, my dad dropped me off, and we were, it was in Columbus, Delaware, Ohio. He dropped me off at the gate. I'm 13 years old. He said, I'll see you in two and a half days. And me and probably 10 other guys my age were here out, doesn't know each other out in the wilderness, central Ohio, and had to do all these tasks and camp and hike and without any sleep and all this stuff. And one of the things we had to do, this was really, I think, sort of signifies why I think I had, had that inner strength, is we had to get from one side of, of the river to the other side with our backpacks on to do the next, basically, you know, stunt or next activity. So I had to figure out, because no one wants to get wet, no one wants to swim with your backpack on, but you had to figure a strategy out. So I got in a swam across that river to get to do the next activity that we had all had to get done as a team. So I, I tell people, I think, I look back at that one moment, I was 13 years old. Maybe that was there just to give me that moment of strength and that mindset to say, you know what? You know, if I can get this, if I could do this, you know, what else could I do? So when I had to get to that moment on the planes that uh, I had to do something and take action, I didn't have any fear at that moment. I think it was just, that mindset of, you know, we got to, got to take control. We got to have act, take action to get it done. And then we'll go back and figure everything out later. And I think all these moments in my life that I did all these things added up. And that's why we named the books Moments Matter. I love that. And, and just to follow up with that, you know, knowing that you've spent so much time with Tony, can you talk to our listeners about when we can't stand up in life, you know, life has put you down or, you're really experiencing some difficult times, not a horrific tragedy like you just did, but a tragedy in a different sense. And when people can't feel like can, can't stand and they're exhausted and depleted and feeling like they're being sucked down, kind of like that ship you're talking about, you know, ready to be sucked down in the ocean. What kind of advice and hope can you 
talk to our listeners that can really help them realize that we have that strength within us. I'd love to hear you help inspire our listeners to realize that they actually have this power within themselves. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, and I actually talk about this in my TED talk that I did uh, several months ago. And one of the things I talk about, of course, is and Tony talks about and teaches is state management. And you know, I, it's so true. You know, you have to get yourself in the appropriate state. You don't have to be in a jacked up state all the time where some people think you just got to go rah, rah, rah. No, you got to be in the appropriate state and be able to do that through you know, the way you move your body, of course, through the internal dialogue and, and, and what you focus on. And so that day on the plane, when things were going down and can the last moment, you don't think you're coming back. I had to put myself in, a, in a, the appropriate state to where if I did, did survive, I had to be able to go, number one. But number two, and what I talked about in my TED Talk, which I really spent a lot more time when I do the expanded talk, is the power of meaning. And the meaning you attach to anything, you know, this is the emotion of your life, and emotion is your life. So it's all about the meaning you attach to something. And you can, you can build a ladder of positive, empowering meetings at anything, and you can actually use a tool and technique that Tony teaches called reframing, and reframe a meaning of anything to put yourself in a more positive, empowering state. So I would tell people, when I coach people, when I talk to people, I've had people come up to me who have cancer or been through what I call the you know, personal plane crash in their life, which could, might be a fire, a flood, a health scare, whatever that may be. What I try to do first is, of course, get them in an appropriate state so we can have a conversation. But the second thing is I try to get them to reframe the meaning of what that really means. Because I'll give you a perfect example. We were all in the green room of Good Morning America. Uh, and we were with a group, maybe 25 of us that were invited on Good Morning America after the plane crash. And, you know, we we're back in the green room and we we're all sort of talking. Things were you know, sort of jovial. But one gentleman came in who was on the plane with us. He, he, was from, he was from North Carolina in a rage. And he was started yelling at all of us. And basically what he was saying is I lost my, lost my job. I'm losing my family. I lost my, my wife wants to divorce me. And this whole thing has been horrible. I can't, you know, I can't deal with you people. I don't ever want to see you people again. It slammed the door and walked out. And here I am. We're all sort of looking at each other like we survived. But all of a sudden I started realizing the meaning he attached to that is why he was at. He, he attached it. This is a tragedy instead of a blessing. And so I tell people, you can, you can reframe any meaning. And so when people are now the downstate or need to get themselves back up, state management and the power of meaning. And the third thing I talk about, now, which I talk a lot more about, is virtual references. Because right now, with the internet and the access that people have to information, you don't have to. I mean, it's great if you can go up and be next to Tony Robbins and have a talk with him, or go up to talk to the you know anybody you want to talk to to get that. But now you can get hit their strategies by just reading about them on the internet or get a book, which that's what I do. So when I have my downtimes, I'm like, okay, I know somebody else has gone through something like this. Likewise, you're not the only person to ever go through this. You know, and that's right. Yeah, and so let's give her the pity party, right? Somebody else has done this and they survived it. What's the strategies on how they survived it? And Tony teaches success leaves clues. So I try, I try my new course I'm coming out with is share these clues on how to do this. Wonderful. I love that response. And in my book, Powerful Beyond Measure, I talk about this, this reframing and, and you're changing your perception and, and digging deep and finding this power within you too to really find that success. So I love everything you said. So thank you for sharing that with our audience. This is the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-host. Just ahead, we're going to find out more from Dave Sanderson, the passenger's passenger. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. 
See you back here in just a moment. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Is it true that a majority of new businesses fail? Check this out. In order to have a successful growing business, there are some vital points that you must know. You must have worked them out thoroughly. They must be synchronized with each other and all employees, consultants, and companies that you depend on must know these items and be in agreement with them if your new business is to meet with a high percentage of success. Get it free. The Vision Map. Beat the odds for business success at Tony, slash vision. Learn how to establish your vision, purpose, long-term objective, and master plan, including strategic and tactical planning. Get the vision map. Beat the odds for business success at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com slash vision. V-I-S-I-O-N. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now, back to The Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight with international empowerment speaker Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-host. Today's show is with Dave Sanderson, the passenger's passenger. Despite the hazards to himself, Dave thought only of helping others and emerged from the wreckage with a mission to encourage others to do the right thing. Today, he travels the globe sharing his inspirational and motivational leadership messages to help people make a difference in how they do business and live their lives. All right, back to the chat with Dave. Dave, I'd like to, we've talked about this, but I want to put something in a perspective for the spotlight listener to actually keep in mind and use. And I think of that little story you told of when you were doing that Boy Scout survivor two and a half day thing and how you had to work as a team and how that kind of stayed with you. And I'm thinking for our audience, we've talked about doing this, doing that in mindset, but is there something that can we say that will click with them should a a member of our audience all uh, have an emergency or be in a position where they've got to switch their mindset 
What's the trigger for them on that, please? Well, I tell you, the trigger that I use, and one thing I I, I, I use this especially when I talk to athletic teams, college, pro, and even some high school athletic teams. And the person with the most certainty in uncertain times becomes the leader. And it's all about developing certainty. So that day on the plane, and I tell you, we had 155 people, Tony, that don't know each other, do not care about each other. And how did all of a sudden you had 155 people come together as a team to do something that had never been done in the history of aviation? It's because some people stepped up with certainty and gave leadership and pulled the team together. And the part of that I teach is sometimes great leaders have to step back and let people who have a better skill set do what they do best. And, you, you know, give them the credit, let them handle it. So I think uh, what, I, what I tell people is those with the, you know, the most certainty in certain times become the leader. So Develop a pattern, a trigger of certainty. Of course, what I do, and I'm doing it right now, because I have this trigger, I, I hit my fist in my hand. That's how I trigger myself into certainty. Um, I have a lot of the other triggers that I use to do, get in other appropriate states, whether I'm speaking on stage or on, on TV or whatever I do. So, uh, but the trigger I use for certainty is hitting my fist in my hand, and all of a sudden I go into a state of certainty. Very interesting, and I like that, Dave. All right, audience, should an emergency ever happen, and I hope an emergency never happens, but should something happen, you've got to switch now from, let's call it being the victim or being in the circumstance. you got to snap and become the leader. You have to take charge and take responsibility until there's someone else that can handle or control it. So that's what you've got to do to step up. And that reduces the confusion, that reduces the angst and the trouble and travail that people go through and helps makes things a little bit smoother. And, you know, I have my own stories on that where I've done that. It puts one in charge. And of course, the bad thing that happened is still the bad thing that happened. That doesn't change. That will never change. But you become from being, you know, something is affecting you to you're taking charge and it puts things in a better perspective. So I hope for the audience here that you remember this as a trigger. You heard it from Dave Sanderson. Be the leader. Take charge. Very, very sage advice on that. And I like that. And I want to thank you for that. And now I want to talk a little bit about your business because you are a speaker, a trainer. You've written a great book. And you mentioned something I think you mentioned and it caught my attention. You said if you, if you started your business again, there, was one, there would be one thing that you would do over. And I'd love to hear what that is, please. Yeah, I, you know, I, I had 30 plus years in corporate life and I did well, but finally my wife gave me permission to go out and you know, start my own business and being an entrepreneur. So, you know, being in sales for so long, Tony, I candidly, and I don't want to sound, you know, glib, but I had no challenge driving revenue. What I did have a challenge was, is all the other stuff that you have to do when you become an entrepreneur and own your own business, whether it's payable, it's receivable, it's payroll, all these things you got to deal with. Well, candidly, somebody else for the last 30 plus years was dealing with it. All I had to do is sell and make my number. So I think the biggest learning experience that I had, and I was, it was a hard experience because I was driving revenue, but I wasn't collecting funds in, on a timely basis. I got behind financially and I had to dig deep and I, all this money that I had saved, I had to go in and basically use that because people were taking advantage of me because I had no processes in place and systems in place to handle stuff. Which once I got started getting that in place, the whole business started to take off in a different direction, which is fortunately for me, I did. But it was a hard lesson for me to learn. And candidly, I, I, I couldn't tell my wife for a while because, you know, I didn't want, I, one of the things I promised her is she, her lifestyle wouldn't go backwards. 
you know, I'm not going to make this big move. Your lifestyle is like, well, maybe mine will, but yours won't. So I had to really, you know, get the hustle and learn how to do these things. So I was, that, that's what I was give the advice. Get your processes assisted in place before you take that big step. That is quite a testament because I've worked in the corporate world and I went from making very comfortable living in the corporate world as, as a VP to being an entrepreneur. And I understand that transition. And it can be very scary because you've got these commitments that you, you've been accustomed to meeting and to obligations that you take care of that may have a, a very high price to it. And you've got to continue that. So very interesting. What would you say, not that there would be a secret, but what was it that helped you make that transition so well? Well, I think two things. And one thing was, is you know, I had sort of a light bulb come on after the plane crash where, you know, and I'll give you a story of how that really came about. For 10 years, I was either an assistant head or head of security for Tony, as we talked about. And so one of my responsibilities, especially when I was a director of security instead of assistant director, was to pick Tony up at the helipad or the airport to transport him and take care of things at that point. And every time I'd pick him up, he'd ask me the same question every time. Why are you still working for that company? You have to go into business for yourself. And you know, there's only so many excuses you can come up with before it becomes, you can't, you know, it's BS, right? It's a lie. And he could call, he can call it out. So after this happened, the only person that called me that night after the plane crash was Tony Robbins. It wasn't my company. It wasn't anybody, my boss or anything. Tony Robbins called me. So he was coaching me and he was giving me that input on this is the time. So I knew I had, I had an opportunity, but what was my mission? But all of a sudden, I had that trigger mission the following Sunday after the plane crash. And when I spoke at my church for the first time, when a lady came up to me after I spoke, elderly lady, she said, I was questioning if there's a God. I don't believe in miracles, but you are physical evidence that there is a God. He does miracles. And she shook my hand and walked away. And all these people started crying around me. And that's when I realized what happened to me impacted somebody. And all of a sudden, I've got my mission. So the answer to your question is, is I found my mission, but the second part of that, which is even more important, I made it a must to do it. I, it was, I, and I burned the boats, as Tony thought, talk, burn the boats, there's no going back, and whatever's going to happen, we're going to make it happen, because the mission is what it's all about. So I look at, you know, right now, I've moved really from uh, of significance and certainty to really growth and contribution is my focus. Wow, incredible, incredible. Thanks so much for sharing that. Very, very cool. Dave, that was such an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing that. It was just amazing. And what I wanted to ask you is kind of a two-part question here. The camaraderie that you have with the passengers that were on the airplane, um, I don't know how the U.S. airlines handled it, how they counseled you. How do you deal with trauma so that you don't experience that post-traumatic stress disorder so that you can still get back on the plane so you can go on with your life? Did it have an impact on you and what did the airlines do for the passengers after that event? Well, Cindy, thank you. So, number one, U.S. Airways did everything the right way. I mean, I, you know, if you, and, and I know the person who was in charge of the process, in charge of the entire, you know, situation. And she had this planned out and they executed flawlessly. Yes, there were some people who didn't get, think that they did enough. And, candidly, I, I appreciate that. I didn't agree with it. But the airline took tremendous care of all of us. And there were some people, you know, that uh, there's still some people to this day that still have not got back on a plane yet. And I didn't realize that until I was asked to be with a number of the other passengers to be on Oprah. 
And she was going to, the initial reason they asked me, Oprah's group asked, producers asked me to come on was to come on and meet back with the lady with the baby and the lady from Knoxville and do all that reunion stuff, right? Which was the game plan, which should change once you get there. Once you get to Oprah, Oprah does what Oprah wants to do. That's what you realize. So, <laughs> you know, so you're, you're not Oprah, right? If I was Oprah, I'd have my own show. But, um, but what I realized after I talked to the lady with the baby is that she took a train from New York to Chicago. And she told me she'd never been back on a plane again. She will never go back on a plane again. And I was like, wow. And all of a sudden, I started talking to some of the other passengers who still hadn't gotten back on the plane. So I, I think some of the people, and I tell people, I think one of the things you do when you face something like this, you have to go back and, and just get back on the horse again. You have to do it immediately. And fortunately for me, that was the next day. You know, some people still haven't done it yet. So you gotta, I think you got to face that fear. You got to get back on a plane because, you know, what happened, here's the backstory. So the next day when I got back, you know, my company still had not called me or my wife. So I didn't know if my company knew that I was even on this plane crash, right? Even though I've been on TV for about 16 straight hours, I didn't know they knew I was on the plane crash. So I went by the office with two of my kids, my eldest and my third child, because my wife fairly did not want me to drive home by myself. I, was, I shouldn't have been driving at all anyway. But I, I walked in with my sweats on, and I, it gave me up to the hospital. And I, so I said, I wanted to check in, let you know I'm, I'm okay. And all of a sudden, my, my manager said, you are going to Michigan next week, right? And my kids are looking at me, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going. Because you're in sales, right? Because you're in sales, all of a sudden, you know, they'll put somebody else in that seat, and they'll get the commission. And I've done all the work. But that's the moment I realized, Cindy, that, you know, I was a number. They would have put somebody else in the seat the next day. Mm. So that was the moment, I think, that really – is that I, I went to back, so I flew the next week, I flew to Michigan, and it was a rough flight. It, I mean, it was a bumpy flight, and Kayla, they put me on Delta, and there's nothing wrong with Delta. In fact, I love Delta, I've spoken at Delta, but I was a rock star on US Airways. I was, <laughs> I was Joe Nobody, the back of the boat on Delta, right? But someone recognized me from the TV, being on TV, and the captain came back and talked to me and sort of talked me through it. But I think if I hadn't taken that flight that next week, maybe I, it was a good that he asked me to go on that flight, because if I hadn't, I mean, if I didn't want to do it, I would have lost my job and everything. Wow, that's amazing, too. And so what you're really also saying is that you have to get back on it, whatever the it is. You know, when you're, you're afraid of something, when there's something knocks you down, you really encourage people to engage and, and get back on that horse, if you will. And I, I think that's a really important lesson that all listeners can, can take away from your wonderful experience and personal sharing that you're giving so candidly. I really appreciate your honesty here because, you know, people do get knocked down, whether they can't trust relationships again, you know, we can, we have to open ourselves up to that acceptance and understanding that it might be difficult, but we have to push ourselves onto that platform to re-engage in life and to not let that hold us down. I said, Cindy, you're exactly right. That what we were, what you and I both talked about is that, that, that skill set of reframing where you, know, you have to immediately reframe what that situation was, put yourself and build, build yourself a different ladder to be able to have different meanings, different, different background for that meaning so you can be able to do what you went through or faced. And I see that all the time, whether it's people who have faced a fire in their house or this is, lately it's been with the floodings in Texas and in Florida. I just spoke in Florida right about two weeks after the flood of Hurricane Irma. And seeing those people, and one of the things I talked about was the power of reframing. Because so many people lost their homes or lost something, their mindset was lost instead of, I'm alive. So I, I, I tried to help them reframe. This is the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-hosts. 
Just ahead, Dave shares more insights in his contact info. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. As the spotlight with Tony D'Urso continues to grow with a very large audience, new sponsor opportunities are now available. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with stars, greats, and game changers? Would you like to see your brand on a high-profile show that's downloaded thousands of times each episode? Would you like to see your brand promoted to my extensive social media network reaching millions of impressions? If so, let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me at Tony at TonyDurso.com and let's see how we can help. That's Tony at TonyDurso.com. It's time to elevate yourself and your business to the next level. What are the secrets of business success? Discover them on Key Entrepreneurs of Influence with your host, Kieran Sweeney. Find out who the business owners are that stand out in their respective industries and what they can teach you. The program contains valuable advice that can cost thousands through a professional consultant. Key Entrepreneurs of Influence can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Listening to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now, back to the Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight with international empowerment speaker Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-host. Today's show is with Dave Sanderson, the passenger's passenger. After his 30-year career as a sales executive, Dave decided it was time for a change of scenery and recently started his own company, Dave Sanderson Speaks Enterprises, where he has become an internationally sought-after speaker in the areas of entrepreneurship, leadership, and teamwork. All right, and now back to the chat. And you do it so well, I must admit, you know, this personal tragedy that you've experienced allowed you to be the inspiration and the motivation to allow people to rise from whatever fall they've had. And I really applaud you and all that you're doing and the mission and the passion that you do it so, so beautifully. So thank you for really contributing that and sharing that with our listeners. Well, thank you, Cindy, because one of the things I talk about is about the personal plane crash. Everybody's going to have a personal plane crash in their life. You can't get through life without something happening. So it's how do you reframe that personal plane crash to make it a, 
make it something positive instead of something that could devastate you. Exactly. Dave, you've covered such great information here on emergencies and what you've done. And again, hats off to you and what you've done to help others and help get them safely off the plane. It is very appreciated. And I know that when I fly, you know, I will try to do something like that should there ever be an emergency, which of course, I'm not predicting that one will ever happen. But it's just great to know that there are people like, like you out there that do care and aren't just me, me, me running ahead of everyone because I've seen it in different scenarios. You know, somebody just runs and bolts and just wants to be alive and get out. And, and I truly, truly appreciate that point of view. It's not easy for some of us to do. And you remind me a little bit about that story of the, I believe it was 33 coal miners in Chile and that whole story, which I watched live and I was riveted and. It was amazing to me that, I, I remember who he was, which one, with the, man, the boss, he was the last one up. He wanted to make sure all his people were safe. And I just think of that, and it's just really nice to know that there are people out there that are like that, that care about others before themselves. And I think that's really part of the message undercurrent and underlying this is, you know, in these scenarios, should and when they happen... There are other people and you have to take care of them and then you will be taken care of, which you said some wise words from your mother. <laughs> she's, she's my saint watching and my angel watching over me. Oh, I love it. I love it. And we've talked about so much and we've, we've given a couple of great messages to the audience. And if you could encapsulate and summarize, do you have any parting words for our audience? I would just say, like I mentioned, I think... You know, everybody in life, you know, everybody's going to face a, a tragedy, a personal plane crash or a traumatic life experience. But just know that, you know, you're not the first person to ha have this happen. You know, I've seen it so many times or, you know, people get devastated and all of a sudden you say, well, you know, you think that's bad. Why don't you go over to Ethiopia for a day and have to live like that? You, just, you have to just reframe it, right? So number one, when you have those situations, yes, they're bad. Yes, they're challenged. But no, there's a that other people have done it and, f and reach out to people. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. And, you know, I, I, I get that all the time. I had a lady several months ago who went through that, that tragedy over Nepal when they had that avalanche and she was in that base camp and she lost 20 of her 24 people. And she was one of the few survivors. She used to have a survivor's skill. And she reached out to me and I talked her through this. So I said, there, there's people out there. You know, I guess what Miss Miss is, you're going to face something. When you face something, seek out the references that have gone through it and get their strategies and understand how do they come overcome it. So you could, if you do the same thing, like success leaves clues, right? If you do the same things, get the result, somebody else to do the same thing, you get the same result. So I would say that's probably one of the key messages I would leave with everybody. Thank you so much for sharing that. Very insightful, very appreciated. And before I forget, Dave, would you like to provide any contact information of how our audience can get a hold of you, please? Well, I appreciate that. So my website's DaveSandersonSpeaks.com, and uh, I write, currently don't have a personal assistant, so I, there's no buffer. So I get the, straight to me, so you can contact me directly there. Or on Facebook is uh, Dave Sanderson Speaks. If you check me out there, I, that's where I sort of tell you where things are going and how we're going to do things. On LinkedIn is David Sanderson. That's where my business, where I talk about my business ideas and my business strategies and how I check my sales experience and impacted that day. But uh, how you can impact your life using those. And on Twitter, I'm Dave Sanderson too. But Tony, anyway, I like to give, give your friends, your audience a gift because one of the things I'm doing this year is I've developed a course around 
you know, all these strategies, these 12 different strategies that I talk about. And, uh, my first video, I like to give if they, as a gift. If they would text 797979 to put race, number four, impact, they'll get my first video free. There's nothing, there's no, but it's called Overcoming Adversity in Challenging Times. Because what I'm finding right now with the floods and the fires and what happened in Las Vegas, there's so many people that are having challenging times. And especially millennial, the kids, they don't know how to handle it. They've never had to deal with things like this. So if you text that, I'll, I'll send you that uh, first video of my course as my compliment to you and as a gift to you. So you can hopefully uh, share that as a gift to me to send it, give it to a youth so they can sort of understand some of the strategy on how to overcome adversity. That is very nice of you, Dave. Thank you so much. And if someone goes to your website, DaveSandersonSpeaks.com, will they see that text code and instructions to get that free video? They will. They will. We're upgrade, updating it right now with that because the video product's up and running right now, so they'll get that. In addition, Tony, um, I, my, my daily Alexa briefing will be out around cultivating personal leadership. And if you have an Alexa product, an Echo, you can hear me daily give these five-minute uh, updates on some, some different people like Dominique Wilkins and Captain Sullenberg or some of these other people that they'll get them some insights from uh, some very top-level people on how to overcome adversity and uh, sort of take it to the next, next step. Very, very cool, Dave. Very appreciated. All right, everyone, you heard it. Go to DaveSandersonSpeaks.com and check out the training, check out his talks. Very, very good stuff. Very appreciated. And Cindy, do you have anything to say in closing? Just thank you so much for being here on this wonderful um, Spotlight Radio show and that you're exactly right. Sometimes the negative things that happen in our lives is exactly what we need that sets us on our right path. So thank you for your wisdom today and inspiration. You are a, a real star and a light that to many people's lives. Thank you. Thank you very much, Cindy. Thank you very much, Tony. All right. Thank you. Again, such an amazing, inspiring, educational from the point of view of handling disasters in the future, interview with Dave Sanderson, the passenger's passenger. Dave, thanks again on behalf of all of us. Thank you so much for coming onto the spotlight with Tony Dierso, sharing this wisdom with us and what you did. You are a hero. You've done very well. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And Cindy, thanks again for coming on the spotlight as a great co-host. Amazing, great intuitive questions. Love it. And I hope to see you on yet another episode of The Spotlight. Thank you, Tony. It's always a delight to be here. Great. And to our Spotlight audience, thanks again. It's our honor to have you listen. All right. Keep your focus on success, and we'll see you next on The Spotlight. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and his special VIP co-host. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, enjoy the weekend.